You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. The number is 800-922-6680. You'd like to comment about anything we're talking about today? Just want to shoot the bleep, whatever. You can call 800-922-6680. An update from Kansas City where I call home. Police Chief Stacy Graves said that uh, there were a total of 23 victims wounded in the shooting yesterday that happened at Union Station at the Kansas City Chiefs celebration. Uh, Graves says that at least half the victims under the age of 16. Police Chief said the shooting appeared to be the result of an argument between two groups of people. She said uh, of the three people detained Wednesday afternoon, two juveniles. So uh, that lends credence to what I said yesterday. It sounded like uh, gun violence, or it sounded like uh, uh, gang violence, I should say. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't like to speculate. I don't like the president. I like to immediately say, we've got to end, uh, you know, high magazine, high capacity, weapons of war. Where's my pudding? But uh, apparently, yeah, it sounds like a gang-related uh, shooting. Um, it sounds like a bunch of shots rang out and a bunch of people were hit inadvertently. A lot of those kids, a lot of those are children. Eleven victims taken to Children's Mercy Hospital, age 6 to 15, uh, nine of whom suffered gunshot wounds. All of the victims expected to recover. Three of the children remain hospitalized in inpatient care. The rest have been released. And they're, you know, mom and dad are going to have to deal with the shrapnel associated with that. The bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to uh, Sam Brown. He's running for Canada, uh, for Senate in uh, Nevada. This guy was profoundly injured and burned as a, uh, a soldier. And uh, even though he faced these life-changing injuries, he said, patch me up, send me back. Yeah, he's an amazing man. We're going to talk to him at the bottom of the hour, get to know him a little bit. Because I read a little bit of his, uh, of his story <laughs> These are the heroes, man. These are the heroes. Like yesterday in that parade, gunshots rang out. Two guys, one guy from Omaha, Hispanic guy, one guy from Kansas City. I just say that because, you know, we're supposed to be divided by race and color and all that. Took down these, uh, at least one of the shooters. And, uh, and then the, you know, somebody said, they were, oh, yeah, we think we have, they, have an, uh, they have an assault rifle. They have a, an AK-47. Well, no, really? You know, I said that. I, I doubt that happened because... If it's between a dispute between individuals at a public event like this, nobody just brings their, you know, AK-47. Most probably handguns, and uh, that's what it sounds like. So we'll talk to uh, Sam. But, but two guys, two guys just, you know, forsook everything, just said, I got to do something about this. I mean, it's remarkable. That's that's the thing that makes me so hopeful about this. I, I mean, I'm I'm concerned about the victims and it and it hurts. And you know, like I said, my son called me yesterday. He's, he's down there. He's in a panic, and he had the wherewithal to just say, "Dad, I just want you to know I'm okay." Oh my God, it was such a gift, such a gift. It's so good that there were people involved who at least apprehended the shooters. It sounded like the shooting had already stopped. It, it was an immediate, you know, and then stopped. So it wasn't a continuing shooting, but at least they tackled the guys as they tried to run away. Beat the snot out of them, too. I thought that was pretty fun. I love that. I love it when perps get their snot kicked out of them and do stuff like that. Yep. So uh, Mike Turner, 
House Intelligence Chairman Mike Turner yesterday sounded desperate. He said that uh, multiple sources familiar with intelligence characterize a uh, uh, we have a threat related to Russia. Oh, my God. Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, my God. One of the sources who see the intelligence confirmed that it is, in fact, a highly concerning and destabilizing Russian capability that we've been made aware of. So yesterday, out of nowhere, after uh, Mike Johnson said, we're not going to give you the Ukraine money, ain't going to happen, not going to happen, all of a sudden, oh, Russia, Russia is going to, you know, they're going to put nukes in space and they're going to do all this. And listen, uh, it is not uncommon for uh, intelligence agencies to talk about uh, a nuclear explosion in the atmosphere above a country because that is something that, uh, you know, North Korea has been postulating. Uh, that's the first thing I thought of when the Chinese spy balloon, I said, oh, they're going to they're gonna interrupt all of our communications with a weapon uh, exploded in the atmosphere. That was my thought. I, it wasn't that. I think it was a trial run for it. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, but uh, you know, not the case. But yesterday, out of nowhere, oh, my God, everybody's, you know, it's Russia. We've got to, honestly, we've got to put more money into Ukraine because Ukraine is uh, fighting Russia. And unless we fight Russia, then Russia's going to explode a nuke in our atmosphere. That's what they tried to do yesterday. I immediately saw this. I thought, uh-oh, here's the, uh, here's the uh, you know, the Black Swan event we've all been waiting for. And for all I know, we may be in the middle of it in other ways. But, but I thought, okay, here we go. This is the Black Swan event we've been talking about. And no, it wasn't. This is Matt Gates talking about it. There were reflections in the intelligence that showed that there were uh, differing opinions about the risk to Americans. And also, uh, I've seen stuff that's not maybe exactly like this, but of the same flavor and of the same kind several times during the last seven years. Uh, it is something that may... Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's on the radar. It has been for years. And they just decided to whip this out yesterday because they didn't get their bill passed through the House. May be more susceptible to an ebb and a flow than the original okay. reporting suggests. So and the timing is suspicious. Huh. Hold on, Eric. The timing is a suspicious little. because Mike Turner... This was on Eric Bowling's show last night on Newsmax. The news source you can trust. ...is all about getting this national security supplemental passed, and he's all about getting the FISA authorities that have been abused by the Biden administration and the DOJ even before them extended. And I worry that this is going to serve as, as some sort of basis for what otherwise would be a suboptimal bad path for the country. Yeah, that's, that's how desperate they're becoming. They're desperate, desperate, desperate. Matt Taibbi, who just, I mean, honestly... Uh, if you would have told me about Matt Taibbi a year ago, I'd say, oh, there he is, a libtard uh, journalist from the Rolling Stone and all that. But no, he's actually turning to be uh, him and, uh, and Michael Schellenberger, the Woodward and Bernstein of Generation X. Thank you very much. Here's Matt Taibbi talking about this. Kind of weird. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Russians, they want to nuke the space in that. I mean, it, it's a cliche by now. Whenever the Department of Defense or the intelligence services want anything, they, they leak some news story uh -oh. to some moronic reporter, uh, <laughs> you know, a sensational tale of Russian and most of them are perfidy, whether it's brain melting sonic weapons in Cuba or, you know, got, you know, dolphins with Russian dolphins that are sharks with laser beams on their heads trained to put bombs under the ice. Who knows what it is? But every time they want money, every time they want a program approved, every, every time they want enhanced authority to spy on somebody, it's they, they put a story about Russia out there. So I, I think the public has to get used to the idea that when you see this kind of news, you, you should look for the other shoe to drop after. Yeah, yeah, the shoe dropping for sure, for sure. Yeah. 
And you've got uh, Adam Schiff. He he immediately, and this is really funny because this SOB, he uh, he said there was Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russia collusion. They spent $40, $40 million on a stupid case about Russia collusion. There's never any Russia collusion at all with Donald Trump. Everybody knew it. I knew it from day one. I said, it makes no sense. Why would Russia want Donald Trump to be in the White House? He's a hawk on defense. And Hillary Clinton had already been bought and paid for to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars for two Russian oligarchs into the Clinton Foundation, the global initiative, hundreds of millions of dollars from Russian oligarchs after she paid for the Steele dossier and she sold uh, you know, the uranium rights, Uranium One deal. She presided over it. Made no sense at all. She was already bought and paid for. Oh, by the way, did you hear? Vladimir Putin was asked who, uh, who he'd rather have in the White House right now. He said, Joe Biden. Congratulations. I thought that Donald Trump was beholden and in bed with uh, Vladimir Putin. But it appears that Vladimir Putin is endorsing Donald Trump. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Joe Biden. Sorry about that. Joe Biden. Thank you, Brian. I, I, oh, my God. I must have dementia. Uh, anyway, <laughs> here's Adam Schiff with Jen Psaki. Were they ready for some hot Psaki? Yeah, here is Jen Psaki. And Adam Schiff, uh, you know, uh, even though he was wrong about everything, he lied about everything, uh, the Russians are certainly going to be involved in this election. Are you worried um, that Putin could be attempting and the Kremlin could be attempting to intervene in our election in 2024? They never did before. Warren, should we all be spending more time talking about that? Thanks for giving me that uh, question I faxed to you earlier today or, or whatever, maybe emailed. I am very concerned about it. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time that Russia's intervened in our election. No. It wouldn't be the first time they've done it to try to help elect. This is what happens when people aren't held accountable. When they aren't held accountable for saying stupid crap like this for a year. ...in which the Russians offered help, which we know they did. The campaign accepted help, which we know they did. Uh, the Russians then delivered help, which we know they did. There is circumstantial evidence of collusion. The case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is... Because you had no evidence and you made it up and nobody questioned because the media is in your pants, which is not a pretty place to be. More than circumstantial evidence now, so... You've said on more than one occasion that you've seen ample evidence of the Trump campaign's Russia collusion. Last March, you said you had more than circumstantial evidence of treasonous collusion with Russia. I've certainly... Certainly said that there's ample evidence of collusion. Can you agree that there has been no evidence of collusion coordination or conspiracy that has been presented thus far between the Trump campaign and Russia? Uh, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's plenty of evidence. There was never any evidence. There was never any evidence. And that man is still walking around and still in Congress is like an insult to all of us. It is really, really. I mean, honestly, it's, it's uh, ridiculous. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. Here is, uh, here is uh, Greg Stubbe yesterday. I think I played this yesterday. I want to play it again. Greg Stubbe is a congressman talking about uh, uh, Russia, uh, the funding. Uh, they took uh, border security, which is our number one issue, out of the bill altogether because they had basically in the previous bill made, made our uh, open borders permanent. We saw through that, and then this Congress had the audacity to just get rid of everything out of the border, anything associated with the border, out of the bill, and just make it into a giant slush fund. Well, it means great things for the American people because Republicans are standing up for the atrocities that are happening at the southern border. It's the number one issue affecting Americans. It's the number one issue affecting the safety and security of the American people. And finally, Republicans got the votes together to be able to pass the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas to send it to the... And look what they did. <clears throat> What did they do yesterday with all of the things that I'm talking about right now? They took your eyes off the border. That's what they do. 
they, we are being rapid fire hit with so many things that we immediately move on from things that are ungodly important. And that southern border is number one. Number one. When I say stay as focused as the founders, that's what I mean. Because they're going to throw this out here and this out there and this case and that case and this case and that case. But the most important thing is the safety and security of our country. So keep your eyes on the prize and realize that this is all distraction bullcrap. We're right on everything. We're always proven right on everything. But realize these things take us away from what's really important, which is the southern border. Here is uh, uh, Ron Johnson. I played this, but I want to play it again today. Ron Johnson talking about Mitch McConnell, the people in charge of this country. The most important thing to you and me is that dang border. We know yesterday 750,000 people came across the border in January, which is almost twice as the record set in December. We know this. You're, you're worried about this. It makes you wonder. No, it makes you know. The people in charge of this country right now who are down with this and not paying attention to the border are trying to destroy the country. It should be obvious. When we entered this thing, McConnell, his top priority was funding for Ukraine. But public opinion and the very strong political rhetoric that we ought to secure our own border before we spend $60 billion to secure Ukraine's was effective. Then secret negotiations occurred on, on an issue that the public supports Republicans on, and we end up with this monstrosity of a bill. It's an immigration bill. It's not a border security bill. Using his own authority without telling the conference, even though he knew that knew the conference supported tying border security or Ukraine funding to actually securing the border, McConnell just took that off the table. Yeah, rather than just offering a border security bill that really, you know, uh, closed the border. They just took it off the table altogether and said, ram it through. Ram the funding through. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Oh, my God, these people are evil. This is Mike Johnson yesterday. He's talking about he wants to meet with the president. The president won't meet with him. You know why? Because he doesn't have a brain. But it's been mentioned that I've been re- requesting a meeting with the president for weeks now, a month. I've been asking to sit down with the president to talk about the border and talk about national... Clearly, the president doesn't want to close the border. He just wants to blame the, gov- the the Republicans for the border crisis. Security. And that meeting has not been granted. And I'm going to continue to insist on that because they're very serious issues that need to be addressed. And if the Speaker of the House can't meet with the President of the United States, that's a problem. They don't I don't know why they're uncomfortable having the President sit across they, the table. I thought they were being bipartisan. ...from me, but uh, I will go in good faith because we have to solve this issue and do every single thing we can. And as you know, he has a broad arsenal of executive authority that he could use right now. He could have used yesterday. Yep. He could have used months ago yep. to stem the flow. That's not our view. That That's what the law says. Uh-huh. Coming up, Denver... People are mad there now. That's up next. This is the Rob Carson Show. The place where DEI goes to D-I-E. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour. Sam Brown is running for uh, Senate in Nevada. He is a conservative, America first, and uh, he is an amazing man. I was looking at this uh, piece I read the other day. Uh, when now-retired U.S. Army Captain uh, Sam Brown's platoon was sub- called to support another platoon under fire and hell promised in Afghanistan, he led his men to help respond, but before he got there, a tragedy would change his life forever. Seriously injured him and three others while killing a fifth in his unit. This guy's amazing. An improvised, an IED, went off as Brown's platoon was racing to the scene to help the other platoon under fire. The bomb killed one of his men and hurt three others. Brown himself was left with serious burns all over his body. Damage that would force him off the battlefield back at home to the United States. 
After the bomb, Brown was medically evacuated to San Antonio to the Brook Army Medical Center. The burns were so severe, it would end up taking him three years to recover. But when he got there, he wanted to go right back to Afghanistan, back to the front lines with his unit. I was medevaced back to San Antonio to the Brook Army Medical Control Center. At the time, I was, I believe, for months that I thought I was going to recover. I thought, oh, heck, doc, doc, patch me up, get me better so I can get back to my guys. It took me months to reconcile how badly off I really was. It turned into a three-year recovery instead of just what I was hoping to do in a couple of months. He was in a medically induced coma wrapped with gauze. He looked like a mummy wrapped head to toe. Uh, that's how his wife described him. She sort of tracked my recovery, and one of the things that I guess uh, because I couldn't uh, be downrange with my guys, I looked for ways to sort of help and encourage others. So in the midst of my recovery, I would check in on the health care providers and say, is there anything I can do for you, or is there anything I can do to, to, uh, to encourage? I do these things to take my mind off my own pain and my own recovery. This, uh, this man has a, he's been married for 15 years. He's got three, three beautiful kids, 12-year-old son, 10-year-old daughter, 8-year-old son. They're the joy of my life. Can you believe that? I mean, it doesn't surprise me because I know a lot of Afghan vets. I know a lot of, uh, of veterans who were uh, in Afghan, uh, or Afghanistan or Iraq. I know my nephew. My nephew, he came back from Afghanistan with PTSD. He lost his best buddy. You know, they, they use an expression, pink dust or pink uh, mist, which is when somebody's blown to bits or shot, you get sprayed with the pink mist of their blood. My nephew, uh, his IED that he was in, one time they had an IED, or not his, his MRAP, his MRAP, under the windshield wiper, in the front of the MRAP that he was driving, IED stuck. He said, check that out. I said, well, what do they do? Do they just take that? He goes, no, you just blow up the MRAP, it's over. So we got these men like, like Sam Brown. <laughs> I mean, you should see his face. It's, you know, severe burns all over his face, a lifetime of recovery. He was already committed to helping others while he was going through the most painful recovery you could ever, ever, ever imagine. Can you imagine? Burns head to foot, face burned off. Severe burns. Most would just sign the cross and say, thank God I'm out of Afghanistan. He said, I want to go back. And I hear that from all of my veteran friends who are much better men than I am. The first thing they thought of when they got injured is, I got to get back. The first thing when they thought when they got back to the States, I want to go back. I want to go back. Do you understand that? Do you understand how anybody would say, I don't care about my well-being. I want to go back and be with my guys. That is something that none of us can understand, and that is something better than anybody in Washington, D.C. could ever do. We're going to talk to Sam Brown, and we're going to get to know him next, because I want to know this guy. I follow this story, and I am continually impressed by him and other people uh, my age and younger who volunteered, volunteered to do what he did. It's an amazing story, and we'll share his story next. How's that sound? I think it sounds pretty good. Let's take a break now. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere.
hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust, and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's twchealth slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. It is a Thursday edition of the Rob Carson Show. A man who I've been waiting for a while to talk to uh, because his story is amazing is uh, Sam Brown. He is running for Senate in Nevada under the, he's got a website, it's uh, CaptainSamBrown.com. We are on a number of stations across Nevada. We've got, uh, I believe, five affiliate stations across Nevada. So we own Nevada and we are proud to have Sam Brown on the uh, Newsmax Hotline. Sir, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate you, and uh, glad glad to hear that we've got wide distribution across uh, not only Nevada but the country. Um, this is uh, we're, what we're seeing here, and we're seeing across the nation is a is a rise of the grassroots and uh, conservatives who are who are fighting back about against these failed Biden policies. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next uh, eight nine months and and uh, having a victory here. I want to get to know you, sir, and I want my audience to know you because I've read your story. Uh, I want to ask you first and foremost, why did you enter the military? What what uh, compelled you to join the military? And then I'd like to talk about what happened to you in Afghanistan, if you don't mind. Yeah, you know, um, I I joined the military uh, largely, um, you know, at the at the leading uh, and encouragement of my parents. Uh, my father served in the military, and from a very young age, uh, just encouraged uh, me that, uh, uh, as he put it, you know, Bra- Browns serve their country, and uh, so. Um, I remember even, you know, before high school, uh, he was telling me about military academies and what a great uh, opportunity it is to not only serve the country, but get a good education. And that just became my goal. And uh, little little did I know as, as I went through high school and was pursuing, you know, being competitive to get into a military academy that uh, our country would be attacked on 9-11 uh, as I was a senior in high school. And, uh, you know, shortly after that, I was accepted into West Point. And so uh, the, the following summer, um, as we've got troops in Afghanistan and are beginning that that campaign, I'm raising my right hand for the first time and on the banks of the Hudson at West Point, New York, and uh, beginning my education and training to be a leader of, of soldiers. We had a, a shooting here in Kansas City, and two uh, unarmed men tackled an armed sub, uh, suspect. They, they put uh, uh, all of their safety aside. They didn't think twice about it. 
I'm sure the same thing happened to you when you were called, when another platoon was under fire and you and your uh, your fellow soldiers were asked to go respond to it and there was an IED explosion. You didn't think about your safety. You just did it. And I think it's more than just duty bound. I think it was uh, literally uh, you, you for the for the love of your brothers in arms. Tell us about what happened the day that you were injured. You know, Rob, I, I'm happy to talk about um, what happened that day, but I think you just you just hit on something that very few people miss. And when they think about you know heroism on the battlefield or even you know here at home, they they talk they talk about courage. Uh, but courage, in my in my experience, is driven by love, um, a love of of you know sometimes people we know, sometimes people we don't know, other times love of country. But uh, in September of 2008, um, it, there was we were part of kind of this this big multinational um, operation uh, in an effort to you know win hearts and minds. Uh, we were we as uh, coalition forces were bringing a turbine into a dam on the Helmand River. And my unit's job was to provide security for the larger convoy, you know, running through this part of uh, Kandahar, Afghanistan. And uh, as as this convoy is moving through the area, my sister platoon in the same company uh, was was ambushed. And as the ambush was sort of escalating and and uh, becoming more dangerous to them, um, they requested support, and so we we moved out uh, to get into a position and provide support and. Um, you know, as a result of that, uh, my vehicle ran over a roadside bomb and um, left. Uh, one of my soldiers was killed in action, uh, and four of us were wounded. You came back to the states, and you uh, underwent years of uh, of uh, uh, surgeries, of treatments, of all of this. You didn't realize how badly you were injured. You wanted to go back. Trying to tell people, uh, you know, and I know every everybody I know who served, everybody I know who left the field of battle, said they wanted to go back. What? Explain that to me, man, because I don't understand how somebody as profoundly injured as you could say, "I want to go back." You didn't care about your life; you just cared about your brothers, didn't you? Uh, th- that's exactly right. It's. Uh... You know, it's, it's a heartbreaking situation. It, it took me months and months to actually accept the reality of how badly I was wounded. And, you know, there's, there's at least for myself, and I think this is true of others, um, you know, I, I couldn't control the fact that an IED went off and, and how badly I was wounded, but I, I felt like that because I had to leave, because I had to be medevaced, that I was letting down my guys in some way. And, uh, and it's not necessarily rational, you know, when you get removed from it and you can look at it objectively, but that's just the way that uh, I think a lot of us feel. You know, we want to be there. You spend all this time yeah. in training and, and, you know, and taking care of each other and to, to not be able to be there for, you know, the future challenges. is It's just heart-wrenching. I want to ask you this, and nobody ever asks. What about your brothers who were injured or, or killed? I mean, how do you deal with that? Because I know you probably lost someone that you loved over there. What, how, how does somebody deal with that? I, I, I need to know that. And I, I don't want to talk about your campaign, but I think it's important to know you. You know, um, you you know that uh, when, when people are, are either killed in action, um, and unfortunately we also have, you know, tragic cases of, of those who, you know, who lose their lives when they return home um, because of the things that they experienced 
you know, sometimes visible wounds, sometimes invisible wounds. Um, they're all tragic, uh, but, um, you know, we, we're, we're grateful for the relationships we have. We're grateful that, um, you know, the men and women that we lose or those who are wounded, you know, shaped, shaped us into who we are. And, and it's, you know, out of respect and, and admiration for them that, uh, you know, I'm, I feel called to continue to serve um, because, you know, for, for many of them, they, they no longer have the opportunity to, to have a voice about where our country is going and, and what leadership looks like. And, um, you know, they deserve to have someone that's We're talking to uh, service. We're talking to Sam Brown, uh, who's running for Senate in uh, in Nevada, and you should vote for him. CaptainSamBrown.com if you want to if you want to uh, take one other question before we talk about what's important to you and why you're running. Joe Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan. What did that do to you? What did that do to those who served over there? What did it do to the Gold Star families who lost their loved ones? What did it do to the veterans who came back home profoundly, physically or mentally scarred for life? What did that do to them? You know, it it, uh, it was frankly it was it was insulting. It was uh, it it called a lot of people to question whether or not the uh, the sacrifice that they made or those that they loved made had uh, had been worth it. Um, and uh, you know, I know there's people that can argue kind of multiple sides of that, but the, the reality is it did sort of it unnecessarily provoked those questions of whether or not. The country that uh, so many did serve and lay their life on the line for um, had had their back or, or valued that sacrifice in the long run. Um, and uh, look, my my family is uh, representative of a lot of military families out there. My father uh, first went to Afghanistan in 2003. I was there in 2008. One of my younger brothers was there in uh, 2010, 11, 12, and 13. Um, my wife served in Iraq. Um, and by the way, Rob, that's just a whole nother, um, just miraculous story. In fact, yesterday, um, Valentine's Day was kind of a celebration for us of 15 years from the first time that we went on a on a date together. Um, but she was she was in the service as well, and we met in the hospital uh, when I was recovering. It's just an incredible story of her love of me, uh, despite my wounds. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Are you, I'm going to ask you first and foremost: You America first. <laughs> I'm absolutely American first. That's what I wanted to hear, brother. Right there. <laughs> I've, I've always been American first, you know, since I, uh, you know, since like I said earlier, my father, you know, just raised me that way before America first was even a term, you know, just in, in my heart. Um, that's that's who I am. And uh, look, we we've we've got to get our country back to a place where um, we we have a respective rule of law. Uh, we we you know we put Congress back in. Uh, in a proper place of providing, uh, you know, a balance of power against a, an executive branch, an administrative state, and bureaucrats that are just nameless and faceless who, who are, are driving this country into the ground. Uh, Congress um, has really, in my view, sort of advocated its its role as that check against uh, the bureaucracy. Uh, we we've got to have a, a Congress that will truly um, look to to secure our border. Um, Right now, the tragedy of what's happening on the border, by the way, and, and your audience should know this, is you know Jackie Rosen, who I'm running against, this uh, first-term incumbent Democrat senator, uh, she sits on the Homeland Security Committee. So positionally, she has direct oversight of what's happening on our border. And she spent over 1,500 days in office without visiting the border. Wow. Uh, she, was, 
she was there in July of 2019 uh, to criticize uh, our Border Patrol and, uh, and then spent over 1,500 days uh, absent from the border and just uh, refusing to do anything. Uh, this is one of this got to be one of our highest priorities. I gotta tell you, I don't know, you know, and I, I'm familiar with Nevada. I love the state. I, I've uh, spent a lot of time in the state, and and I just kind of wonder why people like that, like Jackie, get elected, because that isn't that isn't Arizona or you know or Nevada. That isn't Nevada. To me, you know, that is not Nevada. That's not the people in Nevada. The, to me, the people in Nevada are the most independent. I mean, they are the most freedom-minded. And to know that she is, uh, she's there, it, it surprises me, uh, you know. But, you know, I, I hope you can defeat her. So you're saying, obviously, number one for you is, is this border. Um, what else is on your priority list? And what are you hearing from the people in Nevada uh, that she is not doing that America needs to do? Well, um, Nevadans are are unfortunately very um, very highly impacted by economic downturns, and when we have a Congress that is adding to the pain uh, for for folks, and um, you know, with inflation, you like, I mean, the administration can say what they want about inflation, but uh, that people know when they go to the grocery store uh, that I had, I had a, someone text me the other day said, Sam, I, you know. It takes me 80 bucks to fill up my car. I go to the grocery store, and I spend $100 to fill up my front seat with two bags of groceries. I mean, this sort of thing is ridiculous. We've got, you know, uh, Democrats that just want to run this, this green energy policy down our throats. It's, it's mandates over markets. Uh, here in Nevada, what that translates into is uh, people's utility bills have doubled in the last year. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Literally have doubled in the last year um, because, you know, they're just pursuing this this irrational uh, energy policy. And when, when we've got the highest unemployment in the nation, we've got the highest average price at, at the pumps in the nation and the worst performing schools, uh, people are looking for someone who will prioritize them over the uh, over their own, you know, over the parties that are that are driving these conditions. Hey, uh, I think the American people are fed up. I, I really do. I think we're at our wits' end right now. This border is the last straw. This uh, what the the Senate is trying to do. They had a, originally. They said, "Oh, it's a border bill," and it was really just uh, uh, basically codifying all of the illegality happening at the border in in perpetuity. Uh, and they tied it into the Ukrainian slush fund uh, and the other slush fund uh, while the border is being north. Then they decided to get rid of that because the American people cried out. And then what did Mitch McConnell do? Decided to just drop border altogether. That that just shows you what's involved. Right now, those people in charge in Washington, D.C., I, I don't believe they care about us at all. It has become uh, increasingly aware that they don't, and now it's just nakedly obvious. What do you think? Yeah, look, I mean, this, is, this has been the way that D.C. operates, and it seems that, you know, the further uh, that people get, you know, into, into this term, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for us to have people who have been in office for 20-plus years, and when they get detached – uh, from from the reality that their constituents face, um, you know this is this is just what we get, um, and it's it's why you know I'm I'm running. Um, like I've got a great life here, Rob. I don't need to go to D.C. Um, my wife and I are 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 happy to live a, a quiet, peaceful life. Um, we love the mountains. We love Nevada, um, but we need people who are willing to sort of look at this almost like a military deployment. You know, you'll. You'll raise your right hand again. You'll go somewhere you don't want to go, just like, you know, no one really wants to go to Afghanistan or, 
or Iraq when we were, um, you know, actively fighting there, but are willing to do it because it's what's best for the nation. And uh, when we have folks like that who are willing to step up, not because it makes their life better, but because yeah. it makes our country better, um, we'll, we'll get us back on the right track. All right, Sam Brown, we got to run, brother. But I, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I think it's incredibly important. CaptainSamBrown.com. Obviously, there's outside money, I'm sure, pouring into Nevada. It always does. Uh, and you got to help out uh, Sam Brown. Any, anywhere else uh, people can find you and help you out, sir? Um, on, on social medias, please just echo what we're doing, what we're talking about. All my handles are at Captain Sam Brown. That's all spelled out. And you're right. There is outside money coming in. In fact, Chuck Schumer just allocated $36 million. It's the highest allocation of the cycle thus far uh, in TV ad reservations to defend Jackie Rosen. She is certainly, uh, by that measure, the most vulnerable Democrat senator. We can knock her off. And uh, please join me at CaptainSamBrown.com. All right, we will. And you you have a place here whenever you need it, bro. When, when, and right, we'll you, be there when you celebrate a victory. There you go, CaptainSamBrown.com. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Sam Brown's got to be the next senator from uh, Nevada. That's all there is to it. Unbelievable story. <laughs> I've been through some stuff in my life. I ain't nothing, nothing like being burned your entire body. Spinning wrapped up like a mummy for years going through physical rehab so your skin is elastic again, his face gone, scarred for life, wants to serve you. And he's America first. Done. CaptainSamBrown.com, by the way. Oh, uh, if you want to uh, vote for who you'd like to see as the VP, all right, maybe that's uh, Ben Carson, maybe that's Ron DeSantis, maybe that's Tim Scott, maybe that's, uh, you know, maybe that's uh, Carrie Lake, maybe that's uh, Byron Donalds, maybe it's Christy Nome. I don't know. I can go on and on. Uh, all you got to do is go to the Newsmax National Poll, all right? Uh, just text the word EVENT, E-V-E-N-T, <clears throat> to uh, 39747, EVENT. To 39747, Donald Trump uh, watches Newsmax all the time. Thank you very much. So, uh, you know, your your feedback could be very important. There you go. All right? So, it's like, you know, say, for instance, <clears throat> I'll just talk to the men in the audience. Your feedback when you're planning a wedding, do you suppose your feedback is meaningful or welcome? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. With this, it absolutely does. There you go. Yeah. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, by the way. A little off subject here. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not the only man in America to wait till the last minute for Valentine's Day. I do it for Christmas, you know. So I'm, you know, scrambling, you know, and, and everything that Valentine's Day is just crap, honestly. It's, oh, a blown-up balloon, a mylar balloon with a heart. That's something you normally want, right? Oh, yeah. Mediocre candy in a heart-shaped box. Woo, woo. Oh, my God. Overpriced jewelry. Woo. I hate Valentine's Day. You know why? When you're younger and you're dating, with Valentine's Day, uh, there's a payoff. I think we all know what the payoff is, right? When you've been married 25 years. uh So I'm going around, I'm like, okay, well, I guess if I want to go someplace that's like super Valentine's Day, I go to the Hallmark store. Hallmark is located in Kansas City. I went to two Hallmark stores yesterday. I never want to go to another Hallmark store. The Hallmark store is like the Hallmark channel. Men should never be associated with them. But I go in, and the woman is like, hi, how are you? I said, well, I'm a man, and it's Valentine's Day. How do you suppose I am? And she's kind of like, uh, can I give you uh, you know, something that smells and has a heart on it, and it costs way too much, and a card that she'll throw away? Oh, sure, why the hell not? <laughs> oh, 
don't know the hell the hell they got on that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, right? And I said, man, I got no problem. And I love my wife, and I got her a nice present. I made her a mediocre meal, unfortunately. I added too many pepper flakes and made the pasta too hot. You know, whatever. That's how you do. But honestly, Valentine's Day. Uh, back to the uh, text event to 39747. <laughs> All right, so coming up, you know those uh, illegals that beat up the cops in New York? Guess what? One of them was arrested for shoplifting in New York yesterday because they got released, you see. Duh. That's on the way. This is the Rob Carson Show. Worldwide Web. This is the Rob Carson Show. This, my friends, is hour number three of the Rob Carson Show today, and uh, this is action-packed. You want to you wanna keep this in because uh, I got some stuff you're going to you're gonna go, ooh, good to know. Good to know. Also, I uh, want to mention that uh, Sam Brown was our uh, guest last hour running for Senate in Nevada. He is an uh, Afghan war veteran, an amazing guy. Amazing guy. Uh, go to the podcast and share it with others, will ya? The podcast will be available soon after the show today. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen and share it with others. Sam, uh, the, the interview earlier today was amazing. I want you to listen to not just about what he wants to do as a senator, but his story about what he did when he went to Iraq and he's hit by an IED, watched his friend die, three others get wounded. Take him back to the United States. Three years recovering from severe burns all over his body. All he could think of was going back to Afghanistan. It's all he cared about. I want to go back with my guys. The doctor said, you're never going back, dude. You are not physically. You need to focus on you. So you know what he did? <laughs> he focused on others. And now he's doing the same thing. He's running for Senate because he's tired of the nonsense. CaptainSoundBrown.com is the name of the uh, the website. Donald Trump returned to court in Manhattan, uh, where his attempts to dismiss charges of covering up hush money payments. It, it was a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, it's not uncommon. Uh, anyway, setting the stage for the first criminal trial of the president, March 25th. That's what they want to do. They want to get one, <clears throat> one charge to stick. One charge to stick. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. All the other cases have fallen apart, by the way. Jack Smith is urging the Supreme Court to reject Trump's bid to delay the January the 6th trial because he wants it to go to trial. Jack Smith is a Hague judge. He disregards the Constitution. He is a criminal that should go to jail. He should be barred from ever practicing law again. And hopefully when Donald Trump is the president, that'll happen. Trump filed an emergency notion with the high court asking it to keep his trial proceedings on hold as Trump continues appealing. Uh, delay in the resolution of these charges threatens to frustrate the public interest in a speedy and fair verdict. That's Jack Smith. Uh, it is not of the state's interest for a speedy trial. It is of the defendant's. The defendant has the right to a speedy trial and whether or not they want it to be. The prosecution has nothing to do with that. Never forget that. A compelling interest in every criminal case and one that is unique national importance as it involves federal criminal charges against a former president who's running for president. For alleged criminal effort to overturn the results of the presidential election. Isn't it funny that they're using a, uh, a charge of uh, uh, election interference to interfere with an election? Isn't that kind of ironic? Isn't that what irony is? I guess that's what irony is. But whatever it is, it's sickening. It's filthy. It's third world. And uh, Jack Smith can... KMA, baby, just KMA. Just pucker up and right there. <clears throat> Here's some good news. Listen, listen to this. Fulton County Prosecutor Fawny Willis allegedly reimbursed her lover 
and fellow Trump case prosecutor Nathan Wade with cash for extravagant vacations they spent together. Wade said on the stand in the Georgia courtroom today uh, that expenses were initially paid with a business credit card. Well, it should have been a funny business credit card. I wonder if you can get rewards. Uh, if the president, uh, if, if the presiding judge determines Willis engaged in an actual conflict of interest with her lover and fellow prosecutor, Willis would be removed from the case. Here's a little audio from uh, CNN. I just grabbed this a couple seconds ago. Uh, they were talking about uh, uh, the, the testimony thus far. If she uh, is removed from the case by the judge, the whole office is removed and that means this case will not go to trial in 2024. It may never go to trial. That happened. There was a conflict with respect to one defendant. It's over a year ago, and no lawyer has been appointed to prosecute that case from all Yeah, and she also got uh, millions of dollars from Washington, D.C., and she's coordinating the case through uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, that's what's happening. It is. It's exactly what's happening. That is exactly what is happening. They're coordinating it out of D.C. You want to hear some proof of that? Well, here's Alina Haba. Trump's lead uh, defense attorney on a number of cases, talking about all of the DAs, including uh, uh, you got uh, what uh, Letitia James, you got uh, Fawny Willis, you got uh, Alvin Bragg, and he shouldn't because he's a tool, uh, and uh, they're all been coordinated. Jack Smith, all coordinated through the White House. All of these cases need to be tossed. There isn't a DA that hasn't met with somebody in the administration as we've seen so far. Uh, Fannie Willis, you know, was out there. We've seen this time and time again. There are logs, except, of course, when there's cocaine found in the Oval Office. We are seeing an absolute politicization of our justice system. We are seeing backing from Democrat donors to arms of the judicial system, uh, DAs, AGs, and they are put out on a mission. They're running on getting Trump. And then when they get into office, they have to do just what they ran and campaigned on. And that's anti-American. Yeah. You, you, you don't believe me? You don't, you don't believe me? This is Letitia James, who's going after Donald Trump in New York before she was elected. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. This illegitimate president. I look forward to going in. That's bullcrap. It is absolute third world banana republic bullcrap. Elise Stefanik has filed a complaint against the New York uh, Attorney General Letitia James over the civil fraud case she brought against former President Trump as a biased investigation. Did you just hear what I had? That should be the end. They should toss it right because of what I just played right there. It is evident that Attorney General James violated fundamental principles of fairness and impartiality by engaging in a relentless lawfare campaign against President Trump. What was a white AG going after Barack Obama when he was running? Racism, 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 racism. President Trump marked by over 50 prejudicial comments on social media during her just her first five weeks of the trial. This is a hanging judge, folks. They want a hanging judge, hanging jury. In just the first five weeks of the trial that began October 2023, before I stopped counting, Miss James made over 50 highly inappropriate and prejudicial comments on social media. For years, 
She wrote She wrote this. Uh, Letitia James, all right? Justice, right? Blind justice. Bullcrap. Four years. Trump has evaded justice for his repeated fraud. There was no fraud. There's no fraud. And as we continue to present our case, we will show just how much he unfairly benefited. There are no victims in this crime at all, by the way. Not one little bit. He paid back his loans. Here is Alina Haba. It's not even victimless. It goes further than that, Eric. I mean, you've got people that made money. Deutsche Bank. He's on with, she was on with Eric Bowling on Newsmax, your news source of choice. As a little plug. Sophisticated banks, insurance companies all made money. A statement of financial condition that was undervalued. We've seen that. We've proven that. But now what they're doing is just trying to make him hemorrhage in any way. Let's squeeze him politically. Let's squeeze him uh, financially and criminally. And for what? Because they can't beat him in the polls. That's the real truth. And they don't know what to do. So they lie, cheat, and steal. And now they use political lawfare. This is insane. On this case, which I sat through trial, I can tell you, there is absolutely no facts that support their basis. We have been in three years of hell with this AG that ran on getting Trump before she even knew anything about Trump, got elected, and has made good on her promise. And now we've got a judge that's helping. Now, if you ever uh, got a home equity loan, you know what you got to do. You got to convince your loan agent uh, that your house is worth what it's worth so you can get the 50K or the 30K to do your kitchen or whatever the hell. You've got to convince that that uh, loan agent that your house is worth it. What happens with your county assessment? Generally, it's undervalued, right? Your county assessment is always undervalued. So say, for instance, you live in a house that you could sell for $400,000, but the county says it's only worth three twenty. And you've got to convince your loan agent that your house is worth $400,000. You are not going to say uh, that the county's assessment is proper. You're going to say, no, my house is worth $400,000. That's what Donald Trump did with his properties. And they gave him the money. They gave him the money because they knew the properties were worth that. That's why this is a bullcrap case. It's a giant bunch of crap. That's all it is. It is, uh, it is uh, nonsensical. It's what everybody does. It's what every developer does. And the banks know it, and the banks do their own research, and then they grant the loans. And Donald Trump got the loans, and he paid them back with interest. Alina Hava. 6312 is a, a consumer fraud protection statute that's been misused against a private company. And anybody in New York that's watching this should know that if you're a private company in the state of New York, Letitia James is going to put her nose in your business if she doesn't like your politics. There is a two-tiered system of justice happening. It is 100% election interference. And we do know now that Ms. James also visited the Biden administration and the oh. White House and Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah. That is deranged beyond. And we are all waking up to it. You can't ignore it. Um, unfortunately, we are all sitting and waiting to see what happens on Friday. I think we need a uh, musical interlude. You know, kind of a, a palate cleanser, if you will. This is uh, Jim Gossett with the ballad of Letitia James. Letitia James Why are you fan and flame? Don't have half a brain. Your suit against Trump is a travesty. You're a hack with a law degree. You should hang your head in shame, Letitia James. Letitia James needs to stop playing games. Her farce will backfire soon, and she'll look like a big buffoon. And New York will put the blame on Letitia James. Letitia James! <laughs> 
Your suit against Donald Trump is a waste of time. Yeah, it is. Listen up, I got some news. You got no case, you're gonna lose. I hope Trump County sues Leticia James. Oh, I hope so too. Leticia James. How is that no cash bail working out? Yeah, not working very well. New York crime. So, uh, 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 I just want to mention a Politico, Politico, by the way, report on Friday by Jonathan Meyer and Sam Stein suggests President Joe Biden is intentionally interfering in the 2024 presidential election by trying to force A.G. Merrick Garland to move faster. Oh, he's not forcing him. He'll do it. He's doing it. Politico stated the quiet part out loud, Biden pressured Garland to interfere in the election, but the attorney general opposed the idea with deliberate resistance by indicting Trump in the classified documents case nearly three years after he left office. Frustration within the White House at Garland has been growing steadily because they can't do their third world banana republic bullcrap that should require people to remove Joe Biden from office. And if you're down with this as a Democrat, you need to just move the hell out of the way because the country... The people of the country who want us to return to our founding are going to run you right the hell over. November 2022, Garland appointed a special counsel to investigate Trump. It is now unknown when the trial will begin. The court initially stated the slate of the trial for March 4th. But, you know, Joe Biden had all these uh, classified documents. And uh, and uh, the only reason that he wasn't being prosecuted is because the, uh, the guy who did the investigation said that Joe Biden's brain doesn't work. He's so mentally infirmed that he can't do it. So he's going to have to choose whether he wants to uh, stand trial, uh, which should remove him from office and send him to prison because what he did with classified documents was egregious. It was egregious. Not the, not the criticism of Joe Biden's brain being egregious. Or you can, uh, you know, you can use uh, the 25th Amendment and leave office. Either way, you should, uh, you should leave office. That's just the way it is. <clears throat> That's just the way it is. Oh, and I wanted to mention that, you know, we're talking about... Uh, New York crime and what Letitia James should focus on. Darwin Andres Gomez Ezekiel, a migrant teen, has been charged with participating in the robbery of the Macy's store just weeks after he allegedly engaged in a mom assault on police officers. He was one of those guys that uh, Alvin Bragg let out while they're focusing on Donald Trump. Yeah, he was arrested Tuesday night, charged with a robbery and robbery and uh, petite petite Pettit Larceny for allegedly robbing a Macy's store in Queens. He and three others were the ones who beat the cops up. The other guy escaped to California and was arrested out there as his mommy wept. A 15-year-old. Unreal. Coming up, the CIA created the Russia collusion hoax. It's real. Adam Schiff is a, a liar. You already knew that. Now we have more ammo. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show. Let's make 2024 the year we turn back from nonsense to common sense. It's the Rob Carson Show. Wouldn't that be nice as we listen to Greta Von Fleet? Greta Von Fleet, everybody. For those of you who don't know Greta Von Fleet, they're this uh, group of guys. They, they started a band a few years ago. I think they were like 16. And they uh, they are inspired by Led Zeppelin. And they, oh, they're, mind, they're mind-bendingly good. Nobody will ever match the brilliance of Robert Plant as a vocalist. It won't happen. But the guy's really good. Greta Von Fleet. My wife is... Tell me what kind of sense does this make? Why your wife would like a band that sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin, but doesn't like Led Zeppelin. Honestly, what really? Ugh. Women are cats. They are. We're dogs. All right. (laughs) You want to hear how evil the people in charge of our government are? 
The Biden regime threatens to mass release thousands of illegals from a detention center following Senate's, the Senate's failure to p- pass the disastrous open border legislation, which wasn't, by the way. And now, by the way, it's just the slush fund, right? So the $95 billion foreign aid package earlier this week that included no border provisions, now Biden is saying that ICE will have to release thousands of illegals into the country. That's how sick these B-words are. That's how sick they are. The, uh, this has led ICE leaders in high positions of authority to consider releasing 16,000 illegals in their custody for cost-cutting purposes, even though Border Patrol agents say they don't need another dime. They just need to be allowed to do what they do. This is how miserable and wretched and awful these people are. It is ridiculous. 40,000 migrants arriving since 2022. Denver is at a breaking point with the weight of cost of delivering free housing, free medical care, free legal advice. All you got to do is close the door, door or the, uh, the border. But uh, Democrat Denver Mayor Mike Johnston, he just wants more money so he can inconvenience and destroy the people who live in Denver's lives. The Denver citizens, New York citizens, whatever, Chicago citizens, your leaders just want more money. They want more money to further inconvenience you because these monies that go to these, these uh, NGOs, they are Democrat-operated, left-leaning organizations, and they are worth billions of dollars. Here is the mayor of Denver. Uh, I'm here to talk a little bit about the devastating impact of the failure of Republican leadership in oh. Congress this week to pass comprehensive immigration change and the impact that will have wow. on both city budgets and on services that we can provide for newcomers in the city. The second is we will start to have to greenlight a set of hard decisions about budget reductions across the city to meet those costs that we know. So not only does he have a talking point that is false, he also is saying that they've got to cut services. $5 million from Parks and Rec, by the way. Yeah. It's going to spend $180 million to shelter uh, migrants in, uh, in 2024. Illegal aliens is who they're sheltering. And listen to this. This Are you ready for... To, Get ready for your head to explode. This is Maine Senator Matt Puyo, state senator, talking about 85 illegal families that are being put up at a hotel and how much the government is spending on 85 families. Uh, Representative Bradstreet and I and the rest of the Housing Committee had the fortunate occasion to go to Saco, this hotel in which we've spent now over $13 million at. Um, This hotel has served just 85 families. Now think about that for a moment. We have 186 really bright minds in the legislature working on really complex problems. And somehow, 13, almost $14 million is being diverted to help just 85 families. That doesn't seem right. $152,000 per illegal family to put them up in a hotel. $152,941.17. $152,941.17 per family at one hotel in Maine. How much could $13 million do to a veteran who came home from Afghanistan without an arm or no arms or no arms and legs or no sight or profound brain injuries or profound PTSD? Are you out of your bloody minds? That is it. I told you. Your federal government, a lot of your state governments don't care about you. Now that the illegal alien fix is in, now that the Democrat Party has the southern border open, you go to the back. 
you are not important to them. East Palestine. Imagine what $13 million could do for East Palestine or Lahaina and Hawaii. Just imagine. Just imagine. But they'd rather spend $153,000 on one family to stay at a crappy hotel while the NGL rakes in money that no one ever dreamed of, Catholic Charities, Red Cross. That's why I don't support either one of you. Done with you a long time ago. This is The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Representative Bradstreet and I and the rest of the housing committee had the fortunate occasion to go to Saco, this hotel in which we've spent now over $13 million at. Um, this hotel has served just 85 families. Now think about that for a moment. We have 186 really bright minds in the legislature working on really complex problems. And somehow, 13, almost $14 million is being diverted to help just 85 families. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a joke. It honestly is a joke. That is uh, Maine State Senator Matt Puyo. I'm assuming it's Puyo. If it's Americanized, it's probably Pullet. But, yeah, that, that's the money. You remember in New York City they were going to uh, build these big tents they got, uh, house illegals, and they leak and all that stuff? The NGO in charge of that gets $20,000 per bed <clears throat> per month. <laughs> yeah, per month. You're getting screwed. We are getting screwed, and we're done. I mean, honestly, it is uh, <laughs> it is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So there's more uh, to the uh, secret binder that could expose officials in the Russia collusion hoax. This is according to uh, Matt Schellenberger, or uh, Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutendag. Uh, details how the uh, Obama administration, CIA, allegedly improperly called on foreign allies from the Five Eyes nations to surveil 26 Trump aides as targets for collection and misinformation. The CIA weaponed against the Donald Trump campaign. The journalist got this information from sources close to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Some of the big news, uh, the information is in this binder that was uh, apparently looks like maybe what the FBI was looking for at uh, in Mar-a-Lago. It's a binder. It's been a rumor of a binder. Speculation Mar-a-Lago was raided because of the information that Donald Trump has. Highly classified information related to the uh, Russian election interference and raised concerns that some of America's most closely guarded national security secrets could be exposed on the contractor. Contrary, as a new report explains, it isn't national security that's threatened by what's in the binder. It's the actions of the individuals that would be exposed in the CIA and the FBI and the DOJ. The secret officials worry might be exposed are ones that would implicate them in widespread abuses of intelligence authority dating back to 2015-2016. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would call the binder Trump's insurance policy. He was very concerned about having it and taking it with him because it was the roadmap of Russiagate. So he knows, (laughs) he knows this is the uh, retribution we're talking about. Transgressions range from the Justice Department's surveillance of domestic political targets without probable cause to the improper unmasking of pre-election conversation between a Trump official and Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman to uh, WMD-style manipulation of intelligence for public reports on alleged Russian influence activities. So it sounds like Donald Trump has some uh, pretty heavy-duty stuff, which we all suspected. And the people who are in power don't want him in office because... He's going to blow it all up. 
he's going to make it very clear. And a lot of people are going to get fired, and a lot of people are going to go to jail. Here is uh, Jesse Waters talking about it last night. According to this report, Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, asked our English-speaking allies to target the Trump campaign, handing these foreign intelligence agencies a target list of 26 Trump associates. Yeah. These 26 Trump associates were to be bumped. And they ruined their lives. Meaning they would be approached by assets, bumped into, and these interactions and relationships would be reported to the FBI as suspicious. Like when George Papadopoulos was in England and he was approached by this concubine uh, flirting with him and whatnot and she disappeared. These were people the CIA considered easy marks, like George Papadopoulos. 20 years old. 20 year old. Yeah, Foreign right. spies didn't discover evidence of Trump-Russia collusion and turn it over to the feds. Foreign spies were assigned by Obama's CIA to create a false impression of collusion to trigger an FBI counterintelligence investigation. Yeah. This is uh, seditious stuff, dudes. This is seditious stuff. This like, I mean, like, bordering on coup-ish kind of stuff, particularly in 2020. Here's a little more from Jesse. Obama's CIA worked with Hillary's foreign agents in London to hatch the hoax, which led to the FBI investigation. She needs to be in jail, too. Remember that line from the debate? Where Donald Trump said you'd be in jail? This is what he meant. I guess he knows a few things. The illegal wiretapping, the Mike Flynn sting, and then when Trump caught wind of it, the Comey firing. Yeah. And then Comey leaks the memos, which triggered the Mueller investigation. Now, the Mueller investigation was designed to cover up for Obama and Hillary and tee up impeachment. It failed on impeachment, but the cover-up worked until now. Yeah, until now. Here is uh, Matt Taibbi, who is a liberal journalist. He calls himself a, uh, what, a uh, ACLU card-carrying liberal. Used to write for Rolling Stone. I, he may still contribute. But now he's just exposing the truth on his Substack. He's one of the guys who did the uh, Twitter files and exposed to everybody how bad a political operation for the left and Democrats Twitter was. And Facebook, but Elon Musk didn't buy Facebook. Here's uh, Matt Taibbi talking about widespread abuse by the CIA to take down Donald Trump. Well, this is one of the most important things that we found and that we were able to report in, la in the last couple of um, exposés is that there was no national security reason uh, for any of this. Uh, the opinion of at least the investigators and, and the the analysts that they uh, whose work they were looking at mm -hmm. is that this was all done just because Donald Trump. This is on last night's Rob Schmidt program on Newsmax. Your choice for news. Another plug. Trump was uh, an inexperienced, as, as they termed it, a rookie uh, presidential campaign, and they it was something they thought they could get away with. Frankly, uh, they targeted people who they didn't believe would see this kind of activity coming. Um, people like Carter Page and George Papadopoulos, uh, who maybe were new to this kind of uh, game. Uh, but, uh, you know, I had, there, there are still some mysteries about exactly why they started this. Right. Uh, and, I, you know, my theory is that they just do this a lot in general to all kinds of people and that you know, this the exposure of what happened with Donald Trump's campaign is going to lead to um, revelations right. that there's this widespread abuse of the FISA and 702 program. Yeah, and yeah. the FISA needs to go bye-bye. 
the FISA court has been lied to. We know that. They lied to the FISA court about the Russian dossier, and they, they uh, allowed surveillance with Donald Trump because of that. It's sickening. It, it is worse than Richard Nixon is sitting here going, what the hell did I do? I didn't do anything. I mean, he's, he's, he's in heaven or wherever he is, and he's looking down, or maybe he's looking up. I have no idea. <clears throat> he's going, what? I didn't do anything. Look at this. George Papadopoulos, he's a 20-year-old dude, uh, new to politics. Uh, here, here, he was on with, uh, with Rob Schmidt last night because he had to go to jail. He went to jail being ensnared by the CIA. Listen to this. Well, I'll just tell you some personal, personal experiences of mine. When I was meeting with uh, British officials, Italians, Australians, they were calling candidate Trump a pariah, a threat to international peace and stability, somebody that could not be trusted with nuclear weapons, somebody that they felt uh, their vested interests, including in global security and trade partnerships. Brexit was a major issue. That candidate Trump was talking about in 2016 that actually resulted. He was a threat to all of it. Donald Trump, and he still is, to the deep state, to the money, to the massive money, the massive corruption, the pipelines between big pharma, big defense, big intelligence, big social media, all of it. In the UK, Prime Minister David Cameron attacking him. So it was, a, I guess, a conjunction of all of these factors that really, I think, made them target candidate Trump. Yeah. Their plot failed, and uh, we're seeing the aftermath right now. Yeah, and they're doing it again. <laughs> they're doing it again, except for now they've got four indictments. Four bogus bullcrap indictments. Yeah. Here's a little bit more from uh, George Papadopoulos last night. It's, it's good to have you back on. With Rob Schmidt. You spent 12 days in prison over Russiagate, George. I wondered what your thoughts are tonight. Uh, yeah, Rob, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, my initial thoughts are that this is a profound indictment on both the U.S., and foreign allied intelligence community. And uh, I think it is now time for Congress to actually initiate real investigations with teeth. And I'm not expecting, of course, any prosecutions to uh, come about from these uh, potential investigations in the House. But hopefully in a new Trump administration with a new DOJ, there will be another shoe that drops uh, and hold people accountable for this uh, Truly, that's what they're afraid of. Brazen, illegal activity by not only U.S. but foreign intelligence against American citizens working on a U.S. presidential campaign. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, myself, Donald Trump, others were not the ultimate target, but over 75 million Americans who believed in candidate Trump in 2016, believed in the America First message of his, and their vote was potentially usurped and replaced and with a designated candidate. And that's something yeah. that I, as an American who loves this country, uh, I'm just furious about. And that's really my initial thoughts. This is one of the reasons why Trump voters will never re leave Trump. I just thought you should know that. It's been this way since day one. Since the beginning of, before, before Ron DeSantis, before anybody uh, decided they were going to run. In the heart of Trump voters is the belief and the knowledge and now the facts that the federal government was involved in taking his second term from him in 2020. We're still beyond pissed about it. We still want retribution. And the more we know that the federal government was involved, without a doubt, without a doubt, from censoring your speech, from taking Donald Trump off of social media, from censoring Donald Trump's peace speech, 
on the day of January the 6th. I can go on and on. These are the abuses and usurpations. It was bad enough just knowing that 2020 was bogus. I couldn't say that a year ago. I couldn't even hint that it was rigged. Couldn't. Couldn't even rigged. You couldn't even mention it. Day after the election. Day after election 2020, Facebook page gone. I didn't even do a post. It was just gone. Why? I don't know. I'll just call the 800 number. Oh, there is none. Oh, that's okay. I'll just go ahead and email them so I can get my page back. Oh, no, no. There's no recourse. It's just gone. It's just gone. That's why Trump voters will never, ever vote for anyone else. Get used to it. Told you this. You know why? Because I'm not stupid. Yeah, there you go. Here is, uh, oh, Matt, uh, this is um, uh, Michael Schellenberger talking about the missing binder that uh, Donald Trump may have in his possession, which uh, the deep state is terrified of. There has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago, and we'll be discussing that tomorrow. But obviously, if this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community of the U.S. government, initiated the Russia collusion hoax, that it did not occur in the way that the official story, including the German investigation, had portrayed it, then that's extremely serious information. And it may be, if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover-up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. Again, we'll have more to say about it tomorrow, but this is a huge, huge story. I mean, I can't, I've been thinking about it in the history of the United States of America. Have we ever had something like this where the intelligence community was weaponized against a political candidate? And weapon and using our foreign allies to do it, I, I can't think of a more important or dramatic story. Neither can I. It's the FBI Puppet Show with our special guest star, Christopher Ray. Yeah, FBI, CIA, all of them. The FBI is corrupt, promote election theft. They do Joe Biden's bidding, cause Republicans for the left. Boom, boom, boom. They targeted Donald Trump. Yeah, they did. Durham's report will show. Yep. The FBI is crooked and these puppets need to go. Do, do, do. Comey and Lisa Page. Uh-huh. Her boyfriend, Peter Strzok. Russian collusion garbage from these puppets was a crop. I think she struck Peter. Why were there no indictments? What? They found a smoking gun. They covered up for Sleepy Joe and his crooked son. Do, do. Come on, animal. Pound the drum. It's time that we clean house. Disband the FBI. It's time that they're all fired. Why were they ever hired? It's time that they're all fired from the most deplorable, most horrible, quite immorable, unadorable FBI. It's Biden's puppet show. Yeah, there you go. It's just, I'm sorry. That's just genius. Uh, Jim Gossett, folks. Jim Gossett. My idea, his writing, his production. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. All right, so coming up, we're going to wrap it up with some a little bit lighter stuff on the other side of the break, okay? So uh, don't go anywhere. This is The Rob Carson Show. <laughs> so uh, if you want to check out the podcast of today's show... Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen and listen to the interview with Sam Brown running for Senate in Nevada. 
Uh, Sam is a uh, an Afghanistan war vet who was profoundly injured in 2008. He uh, he uh, dropped out of high school, uh, his senior year in high school after 9/11, and uh, burned profoundly all over his body. His face disfigured, and uh, he's a handsome man. I'll just tell you that right now. Doesn't matter. His scars are worth more than any unfettered face I've ever seen. Anyway, he's an amazing guy, and uh, I mean, wow. Um, check out the podcast today, Newsmax.com slash listen and share with others, will you? Because I really went in deep on why he signed up for the military, why he wanted to go back, what he thought about Afghanistan. This is really, really important stuff. So uh, Newsmax.com slash listen if you would. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. Gender confusion. So. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. First, a good uh, note of uh, news from uh, Caitlin Clark. She has a potential of breaking an all-time uh, uh, point record for the NCAA women's basketball. Iowa basketball, thank you very much, my home state. Ahead of a potentially historic night for women's basketball, ticket prices have shot in anticipation of Iowa women's star Caitlin Clark breaking the all-time women's scoring record, eight points shy of 3,527 points. Prices passing 200 bucks to watch her pack or her, her win the record and pack Carver Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City. That is tonight. God bless her. I wish her the best. So many women, they go through entire college careers and they have nothing waiting for it on the outside like pro athletes do, like men's, men's uh, NFL players, baseball players, NBA players. She does it for the love of the game. God bless her. Um, listen to this. Uh, William Block III, former general counsel for the U.S. anti-doping agency and lawyer with an impressive resume, resigned from his post at the NCAA, citing the organization's refusal to protect girls' sports. Brock has chosen to stand up for women, said he can no longer stomach the organization's radical policies because they're bullcrap. Although I may have not agreed with the wisdom of every rule in the NCAA playbook, I believe the intent of the NCAA rules was competitive fairness and protection of equal opportunities, and so he is quitting for this gender nonsense where men who are bad at their sports have no shame and then pretend to transition to be women so they can actually start winning gold medals. I was thinking about this talking to my producer, Ken. I'm a 58-year-old man, right? I had my testosterone checked couple years ago, uh, 200, supposed to be at 850. So my testosterone is depressed, right? Yet, they say that men who have depressed testosterone can compete with women. I can still, when I work out, bench press my weight, which is about 250. Uh, I can do dumbbell curls with either arm 45 pounds a dozen times. There is no woman on the planet, maybe 1% of women on the planet who can do that, and I am a 58-year-old man, all right? So imagine what I would do in a competition with a woman, even if she's 40 years old, all right? You wouldn't believe the amount of weight I can push without the testosterone, and it's better than 99% of the women who are out there. That's just the way it is. I'm not bragging. It's just the way it is. I've been a man my entire life. It's just the way it is. All right, let's take a break and come back, wrap this thing up. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. I'm very proud of this show today. There was a lot of information, a lot of, uh, 
important stuff, a lot of comedy as well. Share with others, newsmax.com slash listen. Will you do that? I'd appreciate it. God bless you, America, Israel. Until tomorrow, which is Friday, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you guys then.